Whatever crap. I'm making fun of it because I, I love wheat. 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 Wheat with a T. Oh, T. Wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Wheat with a T. <laughs> Definitely. He's a fairly formal goat, but he likes to party. Did you guys know that uh, Pepe Le Pew has been banned from like Looney Tunes because it's offensive to the French, I guess? Cheers. This is a New England. It's supposed to look like orange juice. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've been around the table. And here we are. We're back. Saunders Stories. I'm not going to try to guess what chapter it is. Oh, I don't need... I'm not sure. You're supposed to know this. I I think this is 30. Is this... This is 30? I'm pretty sure it's 30. Congratulations, everyone. Uh... Chapter 30, I think. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm like 80% sure. Well, that's not enough for me to... Now, <laughs> now I feel less confident about it. Uh, welcome back. Thanks for listening. Here we are. Sonder Stories. Chapter whatever. Uh, 30. Ta- chapter 30. Congratulations, dudes. Chapter 30. Uh, we're, we've been doing this now for... 30 episodes. That's unbelievable. Checking along. Shoot. That means we haven't heard from enough people how bad we suck to stop doing it. So that's a win, I guess. I keep telling them, but they just don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you love this. Don't even pretend like you don't. I have fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best I'm going to get out of you. Well, as you can hear, uh, I've got Chase Legler with us. Uh, P&P, Danny Harold. Hello. Luke Shropshire. So. Jeff Parker. Yo-yo. And Matt Weiss. What's up, everybody? Uh, so today we're going to talk about Bruder. We're going to talk about a beer that was formerly known as Overthunk. Uh, we went through a little bit of a brand change on it. We'll talk a little bit about that. And we'll talk about the beer itself. But let's go ahead and dive right in. I think everybody's got one in front of you, right? So we can, uh, we can go ahead and get started with the beer itself. Production team, why don't you guys go ahead and get us started? First of all, let's, let's start with uh, the style itself. Uh, maybe a little history behind it, what it is, and uh, what makes our special. Well, it's a Dunkelweizen, uh, Dunkel meaning dark in German, and then uh, Weizen being wheat. Um, wheat with a T. Wheat with a T. So it's a classic style. Um, it's made with uh, old world uh, Germanic uh, 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 Delbrucke yeast strain, um, which is uh, the Hefeweizen yeast that we use. I don't remember what the yeast strain is exactly. Oh, it's Bavarian. It's yeah. Bavarian Hefeweizen yeast. Uh, it's layered with a little bit of uh, caramel and some caraffa malts and chocolate malts. Um, this is honestly one of my favorite beers because it's it's a Germanic style, which I, I, I love. But it's also um, soft, smooth, uh, drinkable, yet has all these complexities and characters, and it's it's all from the malt and the yeast. Um, so there's there's no adjuncts. There's there's no chocolate. You know, um, adjuncts added to this beer. It's it's all malt. Um, it's a decoction brew as well. So you get some of those uh, uh, characteristics layering in there as well. Um, but for me, this is just a, a, a crushable dark Dunkelweizen that just is true to style. Um, Got that clove banananess to it. Definitely, um, a touch of chocolate maybe on the on the backside from the chocolate malts and the dark malts. Um, but it's just a it's a soft, delicate 
beer that's really fun to make. It's fun to drink, too. Um, I think, for me, what I found the most surprising part about it is how it drinks nothing like it looks, uh, which is super cool. Um, what I mean by that is, when we tapped it originally, this was a beer that we released at our Oktoberfest. Back, um, again, I, I alluded to it, but we released it as Overthunk was the name. Uh, we released it for our Oktoberfest back at the end of September, and what we heard frequently was, I, I don't really like dark beers. Okay, we'll, we'll try this one because this isn't a stout or a porter uh, or even a, a brown ale or, or anything like that. Uh, it's not a Bach beer. For those that, that don't know, and um, most people that tried it said exactly what I just said or something to the effect of, well, that's not what I expected. And uh, PMP, I see you shaking your head. You're kind of on record as saying this is one of your favorite beers that we've ever made, and I know you've drank a metric crap load of it. So uh, what, what is it about it that you love? I've always been a big fan of wheat beers. Um, I've liked Hefeweizens for a long time, and uh, we've had a lot of really good beers on the board since we tapped this, but probably 80% of my beers that I've drank since it's been tapped has been this. It's just so good. It's really It's got a good malt character. It's a tad bit chocolatey, which I like. And then has like that weak character that I'm really looking for that I really dig. And and it's it's our second time around uh, to 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 brew this to to bring it back, if you will. It really never went off the board on our on our in our tap room uh, because we didn't put a huge focus on it in, in terms of outside sales or distribution outside of the tap room until we saw that once we tapped it, it was consistently in the top three. There were some nights where this was our number one seller in the tap room. It outsold You Betcha. It outsold Voss. It outsold Boggs or anything on the board that um, people would have expected to be in the top. And so we kind of made this decision. All right, let's lean into this a little bit. Chase, I know that makes you, you super happy because it is, you alluded to, very true to style, very old world Germanic. Um, it, it's uh, reminiscent of Iinger to me. Um, in uh, in the style, yeah, the softness of it. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Um, so for those that have had that that very classic old school Dunkelweitz, and this is similar in my opinion. Um, and and I think what we found was our consumers loved it, and so much so that we decided to lean into it even more, and we packaged it and we put it in cans under a new name, and uh, we'll get into that in just a second, but. Uh, I'm curious from your guys' perspective, if you, if you on a production side, even you, Danny, and marketing, did anyone see this coming? Did anyone see this beer becoming uh, a staple for us? Absolutely not. Actually, you know, uh, having this recipe, um, which I've, I professionally have never done a Dunkelweizen before, ever piloted, nothing. Um, I'm not sure if Luke has or if, if Ben has. Um, but so when we kind of created this recipe, it was really not not not, not shot, shot in the dark necessarily because we you know we know what we're doing. I mean, I mean Chase rewrote it like seven times. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> He's like, well, read this book and I don't like it. Well, yeah. I'm gonna get it. Well, <laughs> I did a lot of yeah, I did do a lot of research into this beer because again, I never have have done a a traditional Dunkelweizen before, and I I wanted it to be traditional but still drinkable and, 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 and clean. 
um, because doing a 30 barrel batch of it, uh, I didn't think that it would sell this well. Um, Remind me if I'm wrong here, but I'm pretty sure like in the early stages of Oktoberfest planning, we kind of figured out that we had an extra tank. We're like, oh, like what German styles do you want to throw around? And I think Dunkelweizen was the one that we came up with, right? I think so. That seems right to me. Yeah, yeah and I think we had I think we had yeast in house from the Hefeweizen still. Okay. So we did a slurry pitch into this. Yeah, you're right. So it's kind of yeah. like a beer that we produced on a whim too. It wasn't necessarily like in the initial plans or like yeah. anything that we like had in the that's, production schedule yeah. and whatnot. That's that's definitely true. But the the recipe. I've 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 had a Dunkelweizen recipe written before I even moved here because I I love the style, but with home brewing I was always so timid timid to to brew it because I was afraid it wasn't going to turn out good. So it doesn't really make sense because we did it on thirty barrels out the gate, but but it worked out. Did, did you always have a half going though? I mean, at home or yeah? I mean, what's what was your? Um, like, what was your reservations compared to brewing a Dunkelweizen compared to a Hefeweizen, you know? Oh, good question. Because it seems like you're a lot more. And to me, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of subtleties between the two, but what sets it apart for me and I, why I really love it is because that dark malt really comes through for me and kind yeah. of balances it out. But Yeah, I, I guess full transparency because I never brewed it commercially. Yeah. You know, I, I never brewed it under Dan Carey's tutelage. So, it, you know, so creating that recipe from the beginning... Um, I guess it just made me nervous to to not want to brew it in my you know hometown in Nuglaris because if it wasn't a, a good beer, you know Nuglaris folks are used to good Torn beer. Out. So, so. Well, I, I would I think it's safe to say you guys nailed it. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, JP, what do you think about this beer, and, and what is it? I, I know you've talked about. So you enjoy it, right? You like oh, very it much. Um, um, yeah, but it. traditionally, uh, I'm not usually a wheat beer, Hefeweizen kind of guy. Um, but this is a lot more approachable for me. Like you've said, it's nice and soft and drinkable. Uh, but then that dark malt kind of balances off a lot of those banana clove flavors and whatnot. Um, but from the get-go, like when this was like in primary fermentation um, and it was blown off, the nose on it was so amazing. Like I, I would walk by the tank and be like, what is that? It, it had this like really, really spicy, really almost like boozy character. It almost smelled like uh, like a liqueur that that I remember my parents had. But uh, and it smelled so good. And then just the evolution of it, tasting it from primary to uh, to finish was it's pretty amazing. I'm very impressed with it. You know, it's not traditionally my style, but uh, it's super crushable. I love it. Oh, and we we nailed the bung on this beer too. Like we've been getting better and better as we. <laughs> You're gonna have to give give us more than what that. is a bung there, Chaser? <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> when you just use the words "we nailed the bung on this one," we're gonna need a little more context. <laughs> and they say stuff like that so nonchalant because, I know. It, because it is nonchalant for them. But as someone that doesn't know what a bung is, I'm like, what? Uh, I mean, my <laughs> I can just imagine the the listener in their car and you saying, "Yeah, we nailed the bung on this one," and us not stopping and them going, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> well, okay, so so a bung is a device, you know, in, in, when when there's only wooden vessels, a, a bung is a device that you would hammer into the oak vessel. Uh, to not allow any pressure to that to then be released off. So bunging um, a vessel means that you're closing the vessel up and allowing uh, natural carbon dioxide that's being still produced in fermentation because it's still active 
to uh, collect in that tank and build pressure up on the tank. And then that CO2 that's naturally fermented then goes into the beer as well. So it doesn't have any oxygen in it like commercial you know, carbon dioxide does. Um, it's all natural, so we're doing our, 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 our part on our carbon footprint as well. Um, but then you also have uh, not the physical abuse to the beer downstream when you have to force carbonate it. Because when you force carbonate it, you're forcing CO2 into little little bubbles, but it still produces this turbulence in the beer um, that activates uh, foam to be produced on top of the beer. And, and once your your proteins produce foam, you're no longer getting those proteins back. Um, so you're losing the head retention. So you get a nice creamy, thick head uh, with a natural carbon dioxide uh, capturing from fermentation. Um, some brewers call it spunding as well, spund. So spund and bunging are... Uh, integratable. They mean the same thing. Yeah, integra- okay. inter- inter- yeah. integratable. Yeah. Interchangeable, maybe? Inter- mm. Interchangeable. Yeah. Maybe. I'll give you integratable. I don't know. <laughs> That's fine Just with making me. that up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love it as much as Danny does, I think. Um, I would say until we tapped Midwest Haze this week, which which we'll talk about in a couple of weeks on a podcast in the future, uh, which we brought back, formerly Midwesterner, um, pretty openly on record of saying that's my favorite beer we've ever done. And this, for a little while, overtook that for me. And this was, this was the beer I had had, I had, had the most of. Um, I can drink it. I, I think a, a good test, uh, testimony of this beer is I can drink it in a liter or a 16-ounce and it's it's weird to imagine drinking a beer that is dark in a liter, but again, it just doesn't it doesn't drink like a dark beer, uh, or what a lot of people would consider a dark beer. And I think that's the coolest part for me is that I think a lot of people are intrigued by a Dunkelweizen just in general because I don't think there are a lot of them around readily available, and we've seen a few more of them this year from local breweries, which is a good thing. I, I think it's great to bring back that German heritage of Cincinnati. And uh, I just, I love y'all's representation of what this style is. It's fun, um, but just very traditional, very classic, and very crushable. You used that word crushable early on. I think that's probably the word I would describe it most as. Uh, it's also a word that we use a lot for a lot of our, our beers, which is a common theme for what you guys do. Yeah, that was a, that was a concern of mine when we, when we went to, uh, to go into production with this is because I... I knew I wanted to have the decoction into it, but again, the decoction can lead to astringent flavors, and we're doing we're doing a, a decoction to to old school tradition by actually visually looking at um, the mash boiling because our temperature gauge doesn't really work at that level. So we're going off a visual inspection, and, and the brewers know the guys know that. Uh, uh, you know what to expect for a uh, for a, a, a visual of the of the boiling because you know there's the simmering and then there's an actual boil. Um, so I was concerned about uh, just the overall uh, final astringency um, aggressiveness of this beer, um, but we went with it and tried to to layer in the darker malts. Um, even did some uh, mash additions late with some of the dark malts as well, so we're not extracting some of those tannins because of that decoction side, uh, bringing that forefront. Explain so. what a mash addition means. 
So we didn't actually, so we didn't bring in 100% of the malts into the mash chun from the initial stages. Um, so the darker malts, uh, the, the very dark malts did not get decoctioned. So what does that do for the beer itself? And for those that don't know what decoction means, we have explained that on past episodes. I believe the first one we talked about that on was 92 Days. It was an early chapter. It's, uh, it, it's the, the little sister of Bruder, if you will. Uh, little, yeah. See what I did there, guys? Yes. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we talked about, I believe that was the first episode we talked about decoction. Either that one or maybe William Goat. Um, one of those two we talked about it, for those that don't know. And what that does is it's, it's an old world method. An old, uh, it, it, is it fair to say it's German? Is, is it a German method originally? I, don't, I guess I don't know the history enough about it. but Yeah, as, as far as I know, yeah. yes. I mean, I, I first I first was. read of it in Germany, but I, don't know. I guess we don't know if it, if it was originally there. Yeah. Nonetheless, uh, a lot of our Germanic-style beers go through a decoction method, and we yeah. talk about it. Um, and and it, it makes the beer more complex, essentially. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember if I talked about the history that much, and I don't remember. I don't either. Pad, uh, yeah. pa- podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the reason why we are adding the the darker malts after the decoction is just so we're not extracting as much of those uh, polyphenols and the tannins to to make it astringent and 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 bitter from the the malt itself. It, I love it. I love it. Um, so let's talk about the brand a little bit. So we originally. We originally released this as Overthunk because for those of you that have listened to the podcast enough, uh, you probably know at this point that as a group, as a team here, we tend to overthink everything, uh, which is often a good thing and often not such a good thing. And um, I I thought that was a a fun name for the beer that uh, Jen Meisner had come up with, and it was a good way for us to get this out there. What we decided was when when we decided to lean into this beer and make it a focal point for us uh, and lean into our German side here and, and the German styles that we do, we decided to uh, pair this up with our Hefeweizen, which was formerly known as 92 Days. And what we found was uh, this really cool pairing. So this beer is now in cans, and it will share a UPC for uh, its little sister when we release the Hefeweizen in, all, in April, excuse me. Um, so moving forward, Bruder, which means uh, brother in German, will be from end of September, early October through late March, early April, which is when we'll release Schwester, which is German for sister, for our Hefeweizen. So it was formerly overthunk in 92 days. They really had no pairing in terms of their brand or their name, we decided we were, we were doing a disservice to both of those beers by not pairing them together and really showcasing them as a pair. Um, they're, they're very similar in style and similar in taste. They're a similar consumer, honestly. So um, think of them like twins, uh, fraternal twins, if you will. <laughs> and, uh, and what we have out of it is Bruder and Schwester. And, uh, yeah, I love that idea. Who, who came up with that? Uh, I, I, it was me. <laughs> was it really? It was not me. Oh. No. Uh, Tim, Tim Wilson and I were up here talking, and, and I said, um, uh, we were talking, and I said something along the effect of, yeah, I mean, we got to find a way to pair these together. And Tim's like, yeah, almost like a brother-sister. And then it was like clicked, and literally at the same time, we both said, what's German for brother and sister? And it just, and it just clicked. So um, 
it certainly was a team effort even outside of just Tim and I talking about it. We had tossed around multiple ideas as a team for, for weeks, uh, but that one just seemed to fit. And I think it's, I think it's fun. Uh, and anybody I've explained it to as far as our customers go, uh, almost always you get one of two responses. That's really cool or, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Jen Crusher with the labels too. They're yeah, so the, the label yeah. is awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I, I get so excited in our planning meetings because I get pumped for beers and stuff like that. And I remember telling Matt the first time we brewed this, I was like, hey, I need a two or three keg warning like when we're going to run out of this because I'm going to get a shit ton of crawlers so that I can drink it until the Hefeweizen comes out. And then in the meeting where we decided that we're going to stick with this for six months, I was amped. All right, we're going to... So I, I just want to say this quick. I, I, I have never said this, I don't think, on the podcast. So I, I think this is probably my favorite beer that we've made. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Lock it in. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Hold on. So, yeah, <laughs> wait a second. I mean, you guys can't see this, but like Luke is pouring these, these cans out, and the head retention is... Amazing. Does it turn you on a little bit, Chase? Okay, so is this your favorite? Is this your favorite beer because it's the beer that you like to drink the most, or it's the beer that you feel like you executed the best? Yeah, Ooh. execution. Okay. Well, like I said, he rewrote it like five times. <laughs> you said seven. He's like, Look, what do you think about those recipes? He's like, bro, I don't like Dunkle Bison's. This is all you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You did say that. <laughs> I walked right outside. <laughs> it's, and, and, but do you like the, Do you like ours? Um. So, in the words of Alan Shropshire, uh, the, this I like more than a traditional dunkle because it's not as aggressive on the phenols. Um, it is crushable, towards your point, uh, with the fermentation schedule being a little bit cooler to apply it back more of those phenols so it's not so aggressive with the bubblegum. Uh, no, it'd be clove with the hotter ferment, so it's a little bit more with the bubblegum, yeah. Yeah, a little bit less of the 4VG, 4-vinyl yeah. call. So yeah, with my a, dad being a stupid German snob, he's just like, well, it just doesn't have all this and this. I'm like, well, dad, you know, it's, it's America, you know, America. Got to make sure we can all drink it. Freedom ain't free. So you got to tell Alan, freedom ain't free. Say, it's a hefty, hefty fee. You know, <laughs> he, he's military. He fought for it. Hey, that's a fun movie. You know how they say that we become our parents, right? Yeah, sadly I am. Yeah, just keep in mind when you said your dad was a German snob. I'm just a snob in general. <laughs> true. That's true. Daggone it. If we could turn this into a video podcast, I feel like Luke would have, like, there would be shirts made about Luke in his fan club. Like, if people could just watch him during this podcast. He, he ate a full meal. He ate an entire meal <laughs> while we're all just kind of watching him and, like, trying to talk, but also, like, intrigued by what's it's happening. True. He's, like, pour, so he's, like, pouring ketchup onto a chicken sandwich. <laughs> I really enjoy brewer ketchup. Sometimes if I'm desperate, I'll just shoot ramekins. I've seen it happen. I've literally seen it happen. And then on top of that, you're over there, like, pouring beer, but you're, like, there's no, like, care for it. You're just, like, aggressively pouring it into a pint glass, and it's, like, pouring over the top. It's called a milk pour, bro. Suck it all down. I, I saw you pour the like initial pour onto the sandwich, and I was like, "He's only got like two or three of those pours in there," and then it made it the whole sandwich. Somehow. I've got practice. You know, you know what I'll say is Chase now does it as well. So mm. what? Like, I do what? Like you pour you pour ketchup on your chicken sandwich now. Well, yeah, that's true. Exactly. So, but know, it's a trend center. Is what but it's a me. special ketchup. It's not like it's not it's like not Heinz. It's good. Well, I mean, I like Heinz a lot. 
Well, so it's not vinegary. It's it's. So the reason why I like it so much is because. Oh boy. It was when Chase and I were like, it was like five in the morning and we were still brewing and Michael was making his ketchup because he came in like really early or something and just reeked of cinnamon. I was like, man, this smells really good out here. It is, it is a little sweet. And I asked him, he was like, yeah, you know, well, hopefully I didn't reveal a secret, but he was like, yeah, you know, like uh, I had cinnamon to it like Skyline does. I was like, oh. We're, we're airing out Brew Rivers like special <laughs> 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 And I was like, ah, okay. And then fell in love with it. So now I just I crush it. Is it be- so you love it because of the cinnamon and you love Skyline? I think it's more because of it. it. It reminds me of a memory of when we were working so hard. And, you know, Michael was here either really, really late or really, really early. And it just kind of takes me back to that moment of the beginning of Sonder. And therefore, it's just kind of like a uh, continuous memory. I always have of that ketchup. So. Man, we're getting emotional. About I ketchup. know, right? I was thinking the exact same thing. So like we took this. We took this from making fun of Luke to now. I feel bad, and I, I want to tell him that's cute, and also hug him at the same time. I'm pretty cool. So full. Um, I I like being transparent here, but so Alan doesn't doesn't care for our Dunkelweizen. No, he does. He likes it. He says it's not as um, phenolic as phenolic. the traditional. Yeah, so we did do a fermentation, as Luke alluded to. We did a fermentation program um, control on it to to try to leave the yeast uh, esters a little bit at bay. So again, again to to our to our listener that may not know what that means, can you explain less phenolic? Well, just it's just uh, less ester. Phenols mean it's just less ester production in fermentation um, at that lower temperature. Um, so you're not getting a lot of the the isoamyl acetate, banana on the nose, acetate, of nose and flavor. Yeah, okay. no, it's good though because this is supposed to be crushable. I mean, I, I I think that's another reason why we're all surprised that this took off so well because if you have a traditional Dunkelweizen, you know, it is it's supposed to be basically how Hefeweizen is um, in a sense of if you do have like a Weinstefan or whatnot, um, which is more aggressive on the phon- uh, phenolic characteristic. And this is, it is there phenolic wise, but it's more um, restrained. So you're getting more of that malt character. And the one thing that I always kind of said to Chase that I don't think he really liked, but I think he kind of kind of came towards it with this was I liked the chocolatiness to it. Um, that's what really tore, like kind of brought me in. That wasn't supposed to be a characteristic, but um, the way it came and well, the apparent, the, how apparent it was in the sense. Um, but we didn't change the recipe when we did it twice. So we, we, we both agreed that it, it, it's, it's good. Um, I think it's just more of a, um, and, uh, eh, it's not a bad way to say, it, but a more of Americanized style of the Dunkelweissens, but yet still hitting the traditional wise, traditional side of traditional yeast, decoction, German malts, German hops, um, but with an American twist on it of our fermentation schedule and also with the craft spin on it versus always having to be in a sense of um, perbatim, uh, Reinhardt's kind of a sort of thing, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it does follow Reinhardt's Kabot. The Reinhardt's well, uh, <laughs> But you know what I'm getting That, that at, was right? really good. Yeah. I, I think for me, I would say the only, the only difference to me versus some of the, uh, the imported German Dunkelweizens that I've had uh, is to me, and I think this is what we were going for, is I can drink a liter, I can drink two liters, I can drink m- many in one sitting. Um, some of the, in body, some of the Dunkelweizens I've had are just more full 
not all of them. Again, I, I think it's very close to Iyengar personally, uh, and Iyengar is probably the one I've had the most of because I can drink the most of it in one t- at one time without feeling like I- I'm getting this belly rot. Right? I agree with Luke, too. Like, the chocolateness is kind of nice. It's actually a beer that, you know, if it warms up like a tad bit, I don't mind it because the chocolateness and the maltiness comes out a bit more. I like that. It kind of gives me the... I mean, when, when I think of some new Tap Tuesdays, I kind of think about this beer, what I can do. and It, it does, in a sense... Ooh, I hadn't thought about new Tap Tuesdays with this. Chase is cringing right now. <laughs> I mean, it does, in a sense, kind of give me, like, a... You know, in a, in a really crude sense, a, a crude flavor of, like, a chocolate-covered banana, in a sense, is kind of what I get with this, with the roast chocolate. I, I've said everything. that to many people, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said to me when I had you taste it, like in fermentation, or not fermentation, but post-fermentation, and I think you actually were like, oh, we should add chocolate and like banana to this to enhance it even more. I absolutely didn't say that. Somebody someone someone, someone did. I absolutely you? absolutely did not. Someone said that to me. I promise you I did not say that. But I, I, said it, it, I said it gives me notes of a chocolate-covered banana. I okay. absolutely did not say we should add more. Okay. Because even, even when well, Luke said new we didn't add. Days, we didn't add any of it. No, so. I know. I know. Or did we? We, we did not. Absolutely, did not. <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely did not. It's blasphemy. <laughs> it's round. Um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap up here uh, on the Dunkelweizen. Um, I figure we could. I've already kind of said mine, but uh, for those of you uh, that haven't or might want to, what are some of your favorite Dunkelweizens uh, from Germany? I guess, I guess you I'll could go. say domestic as well if you'd like. No, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go quick. Um, so I was at uh, Eric. You can't, you can't say ours. You can't say this. No, one. no, 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 no. <laughs> so um, I was fortunate enough to travel um, over to Munich while I was working at New Glarus with Dan Carey to do a uh, factory acceptance test um, with uh, new equipment that we were that New Glarus was getting, and uh, it happened to be Father's Day. Uh, and we went to Eric, uh, Eric Taft's, Eric, no, Eric Toff's, Eric Toff's, yeah, Eric Toff's, who's a resident, or he's originally from the States, went over there, um, and started, uh, well, didn't start a brewery, he went and became the brewmaster for a brewery, um, private reserve something, I don't, I don't know, this was, this was a crazy trip. Sounds American. Huh? Sounds pretty American, private reserve. What's well, in German, Dick. I just don't know how to say private reserve in German. Oh, no. yeah, how do you say private reserve in German? <laughs> yeah, hey, can you get Alan on the horn and find out how you say private yeah. reserve in German? <laughs> oh, he's leaving. He's yeah. actually leaving. Before I go, I'll say uh, I don't like Dunkle Vices, so I don't have any. So, <laughs> But Saunder, S- Sounders is my favorite. So. <laughs> Why are you the way that you are? All right, so back to All my right, story. So. Um, so I was at Eric Toffs, I think it's Toffs, yeah, whatever. It, his brewery, which is uh, outside of Munich, and it was Father's Day, and they had a beer festival, and he had a, uh, a Dunkelweizen that was just absolutely amazing. Um, you know, he's using uh, old world uh, uh, German variety uh, base malt uh, to it. Which is which is surprisingly hard to get. I've been harping a lot of our malt suppliers to get a a specific 
variety or a, a European variety that has uh, the characteristics of a certain malt, and they're actually they're hard, they're hard to find. Um, so, anyways, he has a, a base malt that I'm, I'm a little jealous about. That's a that's a that aids well with the Bavarian style. Um, so, anyways, uh, so he has a a Dunkelweizen that was just you know, and it's probably because I was over in, in Munich and it was you know at a, at a beer festival in a small community. Um, but drinking his his Dunkelweizen was amazing. So that's mine. JP, do you have one? I don't, unfortunately. Um, besides the Sounders. So part of part of the I was kind of we 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 talk about this often, but these these questions I throw out at the end we don't talk about ahead of time. Part of me was hoping that there wouldn't be a lot of answers because to me, what that makes me excited about is that we have a style that a lot of people like hmm. that they don't have a lot of experience with. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, say that again, Matt. Chocolate bananas, man. Okay. Get a bud. We haven't heard your opinion. What's, what's your opinion of this beer? Sorry, so, I was so just downstairs. I didn't get to hear what the question was. Yeah, no, it's all good. So, so first of all, let's just back up a little bit. We're wrapping up here for this particular episode here, but uh, let's talk a little bit about this beer and your opinion of it and what is it that you love about uh, Bruder. Oh, phenomenal. I, I, I love how crushable this beer is, even for a darker, like, heavier palate uh, beer. Oh, okay. Sorry. We should get, we, oh, wait. We you should guys get a weren't... bell, and every time somebody uses one of our buzzwords, like, oh, I didn't realize. it's like the Saunders Stories drinking. It's like Kiwi's Magic been... Playhouse, where everything goes nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been, like, mentally crafting the, like, Saunders Stories drinking game. It'd be hilarious, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but in all honesty, I, I, love, I love the chocolate profile of this beer. I love, first of all, I love the Bavarian character, how it just kind of pops out, that banana clovey kind of just hanging out in your mouth like a, like a Hefeweizen would. It, it just, it's a mouth-saturating brew and then on the back end it has this nice little roasty character that just kind of helps clean the palate you know clean your tongue off whitewash everything down and it's it's good it's it's a light lighter abv and i actually get the roasty up front do you get that first well there are more way more than one way to skin a cat and you're probably actually wrong so don't worry about it (laughs) i love you man yeah, we know. love cats here i've only oh sorry did i touch a nerve i'm sorry i've only skinned uh squirrel Oh, man! I got with, a cat. I got with a, a Swiss Army knife. With a Swiss Army knife. There's three ways to skin a squirrel. Three the ways. best way is honestly with a Swiss Army knife. Uh, Dude, we skin fish back in the day. We just nail them to a tree and take needle nose pliers right behind the gill and just rip the skin right off of them. Uh, Let's skate right past this. Right, sorry, we're gonna skate right on past. Uh, all right, and then the last thing I asked: uh, Do you have a a Another Dunkelweizen that you like or know of or have drank in the past? Is there uh, one that you oh, enjoy? it's probably two or three years removed, but um, I thought it was Andex from, uh, from Germany. Uh, A-N-D-E-C-H-S. Yeah. I might be mispronouncing yeah, that. C-H-S, I think, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I believe I had their stuff, just like a bottle. It may have been oxidized. There's, it was like one of those things we pulled off the Jungle Gym shelf. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it, it was, it's, it's there. Think, we had it. We had to try the foreign, the foreign beers that day. But, yeah, uh, I think theirs is a Weizenbach, I think. Oh, it's Weizenbach? Okay. Uh, well, I, I, it's been I three years removed. I so. Yeah, so do I. Actually, we have some uh, Regal. I'm not sure how to say it. We need to look up that. Yeah, up I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. but we have a Regal actually in the fridge right now uh, of the Weizenbach. I, I made a five-gallon batch at home. And when I was homebrewing, of a jalapeno Weizenbach. Oh my God, you ruined it, dude. <laughs> dude, it was it was awesome. Was it? It was, it was awesome. awesome. 
I also then tried to make it again without the jalapeno. Yeah. I smoked the jalapenos. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a chipotle. Yeah. We called it Chipoltergeist. Um, Chipoltergeist. Trademark. Trademark. Yeah. So as Ryan guys haven't hasn't. Use that name, or they have. I don't hey, know. hey, let's get let's get the council on the phone. Let's, let's get it. Let's get this get cued, in, cued in the trademark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I I brewed that with um, with my buddy Andy Cowan, and, and it was it worked out. It ended up being a pretty good beer. Huh. Uh, but anyway, I I love them as well. But but what I was saying, Matt, was I love that we've created a, a beer that is in a style that's not overly common, especially for one. Uh, domestically in cans that is crushable and, and one that we're leaning into. So um, we, I would, yeah. we noted it kind of earlier too, but I think it's something that if you're a Hefeweizen fan, it's definitely something that during the winter months you're going to dig. And I, I, I genuinely, maybe in passing, I'd had a Dunkelweizen before, but I don't really think I had one prior to like, having ours at Oktoberfest, but I'd always been a fan of Hefeweizen's. Um, the Great Lakes one is pretty good, and then Market Garden does a really good Hefeweizen that I had when I was in Cleveland. But I think I prefer... They, Dunk- they call theirs Prosperity Wheat, right? Yeah. They don't market it as a Hefeweizen. I think, don't they just call it... Is an, it just a wheat beer? I think they call it a wheat beer. Okay. I'm not certain. Yeah. I might be wrong. I think you might be right. And then obviously... It's a very good beer. So I think I prefer Dunkelweizens to Hefeweizens now, though. I definitely do. Interesting. Yeah. I agree. I, I actually do as well. Interesting, yeah. yeah. So, so when, uh, when Haley and I first moved here... Um, I, I, I researched a lot of the, uh, the German style of, of beers, and really the only one that actually came up was a Dunkelweizen, and it's because Hofbrauhaus. So uh, there was a lot of... Oh, I've totally had that Hofbrauhaus Dunkelweizen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think that, I think the Hofbrauhaus in Newport ha- yes. has won an award for their Dunkelweizen. I believe that's true, yeah. I so. I've definitely had yeah. that and prior. He's, he's, I, haven't, I don't think I've had the, the privilege to, to meet the brewer, but I've had multiple colleagues say, hey, you remind me of the brewer at Hofbrauhaus oh, because cool. of your German background. You should you should meet this guy. And I, haven't, I haven't met him yet, but I we did. should take a trip. Yeah, yeah. but but I, I I've been there before on, on on a weekend to to try the beer, and their Dunkelweizen is really good. So. I like their beer a lot. Yeah, yeah. you know uh, another thing in terms of German styles, like uh, one of my favorite beers always has been just a traditional German Dunkel, mm-hmm. which is essentially just a dark lager, right? Uh, yeah. You, you, usually in the German sense, a dunkel, it, mean, it means dark, but usually if they have a dunkel, it's going to be a lager. Right. And then, you know, the Dunkelweizen um, obviously adds a lot more flavor to it and whatnot, you know. Um, I've always liked the cleanness of that, but then, you know, the extra spices that's on top of this one, um, you know, makes it real nice. I, exactly. Well, yeah, and I think, I think the dark malt, um, which is why I like uh, a Dunkelweizen uh, compared to a Hefeweizen is because that dark malt gives me a little bit of balance. You know what excites me about this beer? Tell us. Future conditioning. Can conditioning. Can conditioning. Yeah, so we've talked a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, but in layman's terms or very simplistic terms, basically carbonating in the can versus force carbonating before it hits the can. Yeah, so we're... We're catching this bung super early. I think this came over like to the bright at like two, like two point two or two point four. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you Maybe nailed the bung. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was close to two five. Even. Two five. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I knew it was pretty up there. So, so two point five, two point five ohms of CO two is actually where probably a lot of craft breweries will, will package their 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 product. Uh, we do aim a little bit higher for our 
for our carbon dioxide level and, and finished product because it, it aids in uh, shelf life, um, stability, um, uh, it releases the aroma, it gives you a nice pleasant uh, uh, mouthfeel. Um, and then it produces that nice thick head of foam when you have that, uh, that release of CO2 into the atmosphere. You were talking about how excited you were oh, about yeah, can conditioning. Yeah, so can conditioning. So, so yeah, so uh, doing an actual fermentation in the can uh, to bring it up to even a higher level, you know, like cans are a little bit trickier than, than, than bottles because there's not a whole lot of headspace. So there's really not any headspace. Um, but uh, bringing it up naturally uh, from the bunging spec, so if we hit 2.5 consistently, which we, we should by hitting our bung, and naturally... Uh, 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 bringing it up through fermentation in the can up to you know 2.9 to three volumes um, excites me a lot. Nice, I love it. Um, all right, guys, um, thank you for uh, brewing another fantastic beer. I uh, hope everyone has beers Good so fight. that we can post. Uh, cheers to all of you. Cheers to Bruder. And uh, until next week, uh, cheers.